Hey listeners, we're gonna play back a really old episode. I think it's an interesting one. I think it's a really nice conversation between Adam, Jason, and me talking about content creation. And I think you guys gonna like it. All right, enjoy. You need that YouTuber, you know.、Um, actually, Adam will probably know how to do this better because he's addicted to YouTube. But yeah, you can get him to be like, "What is up?、Uh, it is a Rojak Nation." <laughs> Good morning, beautiful people of the world. Welcome to the Rojak Tech Podcast. Today we have Jason as a guest again. Hello, Jason. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me again. When I listened to the last episode, I really, really enjoyed the dynamic that the three of us had. So afterwards, I was talking to Morgan about it, and I was like, "Hey, can we get Jason on again?" And he was like, "Yeah." And then, yep, here we are, here you are, Jason. My my rise to stardom. How、uh, this this is the turning point. Yeah, this is a turning point to something bigger, right, Morgan? Yeah, but、uh, can I say that I'm quite surprised that actually it's quite well received our last podcast because、uh, well received. No, I mean like、uh, I didn't. I got some very strong messages about some opinions that I had. But go ahead. <laughs> hey man, drama drama leads to more viewership. You know, Controver- controversy leads to more viewership. But why? But but why makes you say so, Morgan? Like like,、uh, do you have the stats or some something? Uh, no, just that usually. Uh, long episodes, right?、Uh, because our last podcast was an hour, so、uh, although we cut it from two hours to one hour, it's a big,、uh, how to say, we cut a lot of stuff out. But、uh, I'm surprised that a lot of people、uh, actually find it entertaining, although the format is kind of long. Yeah, that's one of the few things that surprises me that、uh, people actually finished、uh, listening the whole thing. And I do think that、uh, three of us over here、uh, do have something going on over here. No, I, I, I concur. I think okay, so I think the the difference that. At least for me, right? I I don't mind an hour an hour long、uh, podcast if it if it's I don't want to say mindless, but like but like you can you can play in the background.、It、doesn't require a lot of brain power to consume that that podcast, right? Like if you if you listen to, I'm not I'm not saying that this podcast is dumb, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, okay, compare it to like I don't know, philosophize this or like,、uh, what's that、uh, history podcast?、Um, oh, hardcore history. Yes, yes, yes. Then Carlin. Right, right. Then Carlin. You know that those、um, you need to pay a bit more attention, right? If you want to get the finer details,、uh, and you know, if you listen to that podcast, you want those finer details. But in our in our podcast, you know, it's mostly opinion. It's mostly、uh, banter. I would say so. I think. It's much more easier to,、uh, it's it's way easier to to consume, even though if it's an hour long. So that's my opinion on the matter, at least. Yep, I, I wanted to say first off, huge props to Morgan for ed- editing、MVP. a two-hour-long episode down into an hour-long episode. Um, so huge props to Morgan for that. And I will admit that when I listened to the episode, I also thoroughly enjoyed it.、Mm. Um, I guess for me as well because there was a about two. There was a good amount of time in between the recording and in in between listening to it again at the end. So I kind of forgot what we talked about in a way. So when I listened to the episode again, it was actually really really fun. And I even recall, you know, cycling around Amsterdam and listening to the podcast and actually laughing at、uh, some of the stuff that was happening. So it was good. Yeah, the, I really really enjoyed the, it. The picture I, I, of、uh, Adam laughing randomly while he's cycling right, while listening to his own voice. <laughs> Swerving, like, oh, and enter into the into the canal. Like, oh no! So, what I wanted to discuss today was the the idea that in life, your brain can either be doing one of two things: it's either content consumption or content creation. And、um, 
think of it like this. The brain is like a plant, you know. When you forget to water your plant, it wilts. And for me, when my brain doesn't create content, it wilts as well. And when I think back about some sort of unhappy phases in my life before, it usually has something to do with the fact that I wasn't creating enough content during that phase in my life. I was only consuming content. So when you talk about、uh, creating content, right? Like,、uh, do you have an example of what sort of content? Do you mean like creating、uh, YouTube videos is content? Yep, exactly.、Uh, creating、yep. music is content.、Uh, writing articles is content. Are you reading、uh, my script, Morgan? No. <laughs> Because this is exactly the three things that I wrote down, actually.、Um, so yeah, the difference between the two would be that content consumption is scrolling to TikToks, watching YouTube videos, listening to music, reading the news. While content creation would be creating YouTube videos or writing news articles or like media articles that what Jason、uh, and you do, or、uh, uploading songs, for example. And I think because、um, it triggers different parts of the brain, you know. I'm sure you guys feel that way too, right? When you're trying to write a medium article, it's 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 not about it. Just the mental process of it is extremely different than consuming content. I see,、yeah. I see. All right. I I would agree with that. I mean, personally, so personally, I would consider myself more a consumer than I am a creator. I think the only time I'm happy with creation is when I was doing games development back in you know back in school, right?、Mm. But I find the joy in,、uh, and and I've had this discussion with my partner before.、Um, if I could do anything in life, right? Like, yeah, if money wasn't wasn't an issue, right? What would I do? What, what, what would I even work, etc. And I said that I would probably want to do whatever I want、uh, and consume whatever I want. So. If I wanted to say, you know, pick up game development. Well, no, I I was thinking more like philosophy or something. You know, like I I want to read up on like、uh, Aristotle or something. I could just spend the entire day reading up without any fear of like, oh man. But if I do this now tomorrow, I I need to catch up with work, etc., etc. You know. So、uh, as a person, I'm I would say I'm that kind of a person. I would very much rather just consume. So would you say that、uh, your ideal way of life? It's how CGP Grey is living his life right now. I have well, I don't know CGP Grey that well. It's like uh, it's like he's uh, how to say uh, whenever he likes a topic or a topic interests him, he will spend a year, half a year, just to work on that. Oh, then、topic. then yes, yeah. I I guess like okay, it's gonna sound pretentious, lah. But it's basically I guess like the idea of the Renaissance man, right? Like like Da Vinci or something like. When they get engrossed on a subject, they just go sometimes months or years diving into the subject. Then they come up like, yeah, no, uh, I, I, I have, I have opinions on the matter now. You know,、uh, yes, that's the life I would like. But unfortunately, life isn't as simple as that. So yeah, I would、mm-hmm. love a life like CGP Grey Morgan, especially when I watch his most recent video about um his journey through Tiffany. Have you seen that one? Yeah, man. Yeah, have man. you seen that one, Jason? Uh no, I'm not. Like I say, I, I'm not a, a huge、uh, CGP Grey.、Uh, I I don't follow the channel. I know of him. I I've watched some of his、yep. uh, videos, but yeah. Long long story short, he posted a 20 minute video about his journey into researching the name Tiffany, and it chronicles his journeys from like I think he、from、spent、poems. half a year. Yeah, he he was taking out a poem and、uh, basically was trying to find the source of the poem, and、uh, he spent half a year trying to figure out what the source of the poem was, only to find out that.、Um, Well, okay, no spoilers, I guess. But、uh, yeah, he spent half a year researching a poem, and I, I love his I love his analogy of calling it being lost in the forest of all knowledge, because he's really deep down in the weeds, and he's really he's doing the work that 
um, he, how should I explain this? Like, he doesn't just take the information at face value. He's really taking the effort to research whether is this actually correct? Uh, who said this? Where's the source? Where is the original information coming from? And what he's been finding out, I think, I, I think this is a theme in his, in like his last five or six videos, is that he's been finding out that things that people think are true are not necessarily true if you really spend the time to sit down and research it. It just kind of, to me, it's like, <clears throat> now it's like the idea that a lot of things nowadays, I mean, who knows what is true and what's not, yeah? A lot of our assumptions nowadays are based on other assumptions from the past. And I, I, I think if you really spend the time and effort to look into a lot of things in life, you'll find out that a lot of things are not necessarily true. But yeah, I, I would enjoy a life like that. Just drilling down into a topic and you know, being able to produce something out of it as well. I think it's really nice. And being able to come out of it with the knowledge that, yep, I know about this topic. And I can consider myself quite well-informed about the topic and being being able to have a career out of that, I think that's really nice. Can I can I say that uh, Adam today is a very different Adam? It's a very philosophy Adam we have here today. <laughs> no, uh, and, and I, and I you know, I uh, I vibe with that, like, because I've recently, no, I said recently, probably about a month ago, but I, I so I listened to the philosoph Philosophize This uh, podcast, right? And uh, one of the episodes I was listening to was uh, regarding... Uh, Adam Smith, sorry, not not Adam Smith. Uh, David Hume um, is he's an uh, okay. I don't say English philosopher, but he's a philosopher from the English subcontinent, I guess. Uh, but yeah. Uh, anyways, the whole idea is that uh, one of his philosophy, one one of the things they talk about is how we take things for granted, things that um, uh, our knowledge we think we know, but mm. uh, in reality, if you actually dive into it, like, hey, this. Uh, a lot of our assumptions, a lot of our life assumptions, you know, our heuristic way of thinking is actually not true, you know, and and that's where biases, that's where stereotypes and stuff all comes comes from, right? So that is what I like about. I, I guess that, that's how you asked me when if my if my ideal life is like CGP grey, then yes, because I would like to learn the truth of the matter. If I had the time, I really want to dive in and learn what is the truth, to seek the truth, uh, even though there is. Uh, no truth to it, but the journey is, is what matters, right? So I would really like that. There is no truth. Well, yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I, 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 uh, I guess that 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 depends. But even if there is no truth, right? I guess it doesn't matter. But like, you have to always question yourself. You have, you have to always um, test your own understanding of the world, even if it means shattering your world understanding. Deep hashtag deep. Hashtag deep, yeah. We're going deep in today's podcast, aren't we? Um, I mean, but that's good, you know. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, you were you were you were talking shit about this podcast just now, Jason, saying how this is a mindless podcast that you can just put on the background, right? Mm, today's so. episode probably <laughs> drop. Uh, there will probably be a drop in viewership, lah. <laughs> but yes, yes. Um, so what I wanted to deliver was the idea that I think a healthy balance between the two is the most effective way to live life. You need a good balance between content creation and a good balance between content consumption. Currently, I feel like I'm in a high, very high consumption phase in my life. And I'm not the happiest about it. And uh, it's actually one of the reasons why I wanted to start doing this podcast with Morgan is to, you know, do a bit more content creation. Um, when my brain is creating content, it feels energized. It feels activated. And there are many, many ways that I can they can get this buzz. But um, I, I don't know. Do you guys feel the same way when you're creating content? Or? Uh, that's like a setback, right? Uh, actually, what's wrong with uh, just having a, a fully consumption attitude towards life? 
What's wrong with a fully? Uh, there's nothing hand. There's nothing wrong about it. Um, it depends on how you yeah. want to live your life, of course. Um, no, it's like uh, how to say, like for example, for Jason, right? Like, uh, like three of us are uh, how to say we play games and uh, enjoy games, right? Like, but we never thought about building video games by ourselves, right? Like, uh, that's that's I imagine that's not something uh, we want to delve into. So, like, I, like, like I like mm-hmm. I enjoy playing games, but building games is a totally different story, right? What do you say, Jason? Well, obviously the the. Uh, objectively, the two is very different. Um, but I have to agree with Adam in the sense that it really depends on what you want out of life, right? I am perfectly fine playing video games. Uh, okay, put it this way: so I, I was a game development. Uh, I was in games development, right, as as a student, uh, and uh, I pivoted to app development because one one of the reason was uh, well because the culture surrounding game development is very very bad. Um, you and you can make a change, right? Yeah, yeah sure. be the change you wish to see in the world yeah sure okay yeah, cool. Boy. cool cool you, uh, I'm, hashtag I, unlike, unlike you guys I'm not, I'm not, I'm not delusional so, uh, so but the other reason why I, I, I did not uh, pursue games development was because I found that the, the deeper I got into games development the less I, I enjoyed playing games and uh, so you, Adam you talked about the balance between uh, consumption and creation but uh, I guess okay. So look, this it differs from person to person, right? But at least for me, that line between consumption and creation got blurred. I I I did not know when I was playing games. I was like, huh? They they could have designed this level a bit better. They they didn't didn't program this particular level really well. There's so so many clipping issues. There is you know uh linearity issues here and there. You know, I was mm. over analyzing the game that I was supposed to be playing. Right, it was supposed to, it's supposed mm-hmm. to be leisure, but but it wasn't leisure. It, my my brain was actively thinking, breaking down the game. Right, uh, for the longest time, I I and even now, I still feel the after effects of it now, but not not so much. Right, but for the longest time, I I was just demotivated to play games. And Adam Adam knew me from from uh, uni. Right, uh, I played a lot of games. Right, as I got into my uh, year in games development, I became demotivated to play any game because all I could think about was just creation. Work because game has become your life. Yeah, yeah. Like it becomes work. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's not. It's not exactly. Uh, I didn't particularly hate it. Like, like it wasn't tormenting me. But like, you know, it's just sad. You know that that, that, I, that I can't draw a line between the two. I'm sure there are there are others that face uh, the same problem that I have and have found a way uh, to you know to fix it. And I didn't actively seek out a, a you know a solution to this problem. But to me, I'm like, man, eh, game de- game development is not that important to me. Uh, at the end of the day, creating something is what I really want in, in terms of an, a career profession. So apps, mm. apps fill that gap well enough. Speaking of career and... Well, I, I, so let's uh, let's um, stick to video games first and then we can talk about career afterwards because mm-hmm. I do actually want to talk about these two topics, these two subtopics within this bigger topic. Mm-hmm. But for games, right, um, I... For me, what I notice is that when I look at the games that I have spent the most time playing, there's I, I tend to go for content consumption. Sorry, I tend to go for content creation kind of games <laughs> within, yeah, the video game world. So like, wait, 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 what do you mean by yep. uh, content consumption games? No, content creation, creation games. games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Same mistake. Yeah. So okay, playing video games to me is one hundred percent content con- consumption. However, there's some games which provide some form of content creation. So games that I shortlisted, for example, Sim. I grew up playing SimCity. Yeah, it's a city building game that 
I'm creating a world every time I play SimCity, and that is enough to trigger that part of my brain. Um, other games would be The Sims, Civilization, Euro Truck Simulator, for example. <laughs> okay, I, I was now, wondering, okay, like hey, Euro okay, Truck yeah, yeah, Simulator. I have, I have so much. To, okay, go on, go on, Adam, go. On. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. So okay, yeah, the last one is a bit weird. Okay. I understand, uh-huh. but okay, let me, listen, 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 yes, listen. Hear yes, me out yes, first, okay? Yes, yes. In Euro Truck Simulator, okay, in case you guys haven't played it yet, Euro Truck Simulator is a game where you drive trucks around. And you just make deliveries from point A to point B. Now, this in itself is very fun and it's a very legitimate game. However, in your track simulator, you can also have a business. You can have a company. You need to make enough deliveries to make enough money. Then you can get a bank loan. You can buy new garages. You can hire additional staff, blah, blah, blah. blah. And to me, I really enjoyed this content creation part of the game a lot. I enjoyed the fact that I was like building a company, you know. It's like, ooh, I can hire more people. Ooh, I can expand my network and stuff like that. Until I found out that you could cheat the system by you can you can travel around to different garages. You can teleport to different garages in Eurotrack Simulator Two, and time progresses when you just teleport across um, garages, right? I see. And yeah, I, uh-huh. <laughs> what I realized was that you could just cha- you could just teleport from point A to point B, back to point A back to point B and your company would actually make enough money to survive on its own without me having to do anything at all because mm. um, my drivers would make enough money and I would have enough money to pay off the loans and basically this killed the game for me I stopped I basically stopped playing the game after I found out this it no longer became as fun uh, then it just became you know, just driving yeah. around aimlessly then it wasn't so fun it's called uh, yep. it, it's called self-control Adam <laughs> what does this have to do with self-control <laughs> No, I mean like you're like ah oh, man, like oh I I uh, found this cheat and I just have to keep using it. You know, I I I disagree, uh, with you on the topic of uh you know self control in in using cheats I guess in in uh, video games in the case in this particular case Adam's uh, uh Euro Truck Simulator you know teleportation cheat right? Yeah. Because um when players have a a I guess a a god mode uh way of of yeah. of uh solving a op- an obstacle in a game, they will always fall back to that method one way or the other because at the end of the day, they're trying to get past an obstacle, right? And they could do it the long, normal route, but unless there are some masochistic, uh, there are somebody who's a masochist and like, it's fine with them wasting their time, they would always go for the route that would maximize profit, essentially. It's very well uh, discussed. It's like, okay, uh, take take Street Fighter. Take you 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 play uh Hades, right? Um, yeah. So, I'm sure you fall back to. Uh, let's not even talk about you. In in general, there are metas and uh, and strategies builds that are just generally favored of uh, other uh, compared to the rest, right? Yeah. It 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 how say it helps, but it's not a like oh you know this and it's gonna be like a. Uh, what do you call it? A deal breaker? What was it? The deal, break, deal breaker. It's like, uh, it's not like, it, it's a strategy, mm-hmm. but it's not like a, a god mode that you can just go through correct. in a breeze. Correct, correct. But, but still, there is, uh, you know, there there are optimum way of uh, playing the game, right? And and you, and while you're playing it, you uh, discover it as well. So in the case of Street Fighter, right, there is like a bajillion, okay, no, not, maybe not bajillion, but like there's a lot of uh, combinations for like combos and stuff, right? But yep. you see uh, memes of, of, of people just smashing the, the X button or the square button or whatever, a single button just to 
uh, cheese the game, right? Yeah, essentially just 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 to overwhelm uh, the game system, right? Just just punch finding a, a, a specific spot and just punching the, the the opponent until they're just basically stuck, right? Yep. So mm-hmm. there's a reason why uh, these things have uh, people do these because it's the easiest way to get what they want. Oh man, uh, this uh, podcast is gonna go into a games uh, topic <laughs> really soon. Uh, <laughs> another example I can think about is uh, when you guys play SimCity, right? Do you guys play without cheat? Mm. Unless I want to, uh, you know, uh, mess mess about but, the world. But yes, I I usually play without cheats. I see. Uh, I'm when the I play one the that, Sims, uh, I play without cheats. Yeah. I see. I'm the one person that uh, I would uh, have the money hack. Uh, just take my time and build the city. Okay. Although, see. Uh, so 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 you, our, yeah. our our end goal is different. You, you see. For for I guess I don't know about you, Adam, but I guess for, like no. for me, I I want to see it grow. I want to see. Uh, I want to see the, the city. I want to face the challenges and see the city grow. I want to grow the city by myself instead of making it meticulous, perfect, optimized. Yep. You know. Yep, yep. I I think like uh, taking a step back, a, a good way. F- how I usually frame it in my mind is that, for example, in Eurotruck Simulator, there was a problem to solve, mm. and after I found a way to solve the problem, it no longer became engaging, yep. mentally engaging. So I guess if you, when you play SimCity, you can have two mindsets here. You can just I just want to have a city completed, or I want to tie and solve the problem of creating a city. I see. Um, and and mind you, yeah. uh, you know, mind you, what you mentioned is um, is is a cheat, right? It's not a it's not a uh, like the case of of Adam's uh, Euro Truck Simulator. It's not a cheat. It's an exploit. It's it's, it's different because cheat mm. is 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 there are very different optics to it. Because I yeah, but I I wouldn't call it a cheat anyway, Jason. I would call it two different modes. Either you're in sandbox mode where you're just let's put everything in the city and done. I have a complete city. Mm-hmm. Or like quest mode in a way, or like you know yeah, like, but or challenge mode. Yeah, but in the case of uh, Morgan, right? He 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 mentioned the money cheat, right? You get you get a, a huge capital and then you can uh problems that would otherwise. Uh, require you know uh, creative thinking where you, you can just brute force but like, oh, just throw more you know uh, energy generation uh, districts etc yeah. etc right but yeah. if SimCity had a sandbox option I think Morgan you would just play the sandbox option mm. and you yeah. wouldn't go through cheats right yeah because uh, the way I play SimCity is just want to build nice cities I would say well, mm. the challenges and all that it's like uh, it's not something that I enjoy but no, no, that, and that's and that's, I, yeah. and that's perfectly fine. But you see, uh, I'm trying to highlight the uh, the difference between a cheat and an exploit. Uh, right. In the case of Euro Truck Simulator, it's part of the game. You know, either the developers forget about it or they thought it'd be funny, whatever. But it is part of the core mechanics, and it's exploitable. You know, All right. you can't. But whereas, uh, like uh, in SimCity, you have to actually type in. I actually can't remember how 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 to hack in uh, the SimCity. I guess you type in a console command or something. Yeah. Yeah. So Con- console command. Correct. So you have, to, so uh, it is a proactive action for you to cheat in uh, SimCity, right? You you have right. to manually type in you know or give me the money or whatever, right? Whereas in, load. yeah the, yeah right. Whereas in yep. Truck Simulator, the option to even to get rid of the exploit is not there because it's part of the core mechanics, and players yeah. will. Uh, fall back to that uh, comic edit and to some players who you know that just uh, to some players this is fun but to players like uh, Adam it's like you know what no this this kills just kill it for me so yeah yep 
uh, Adam, may I ask that, is this the reason why uh, you never get hooked on by Flight Simulator? Because it doesn't have this quest economics into it. Because it's weird that uh, you're fascinated by, you're, I won't say fascinated, you're obsessed with uh, planes. Fascination. But... I'm not obsessed. Come on. <laughs> wow. Wow. Planes. Wow. I thought it was trying to say a nicer thing. It doesn't trying to diss me yeah. even more. But yeah. You're obsessed about trains. Uh, sorry. Uh, obsessed about uh, planes. But it, uh, but the game that you talked about the most, it's uh, Euro Truck Simulator instead of uh, Microsoft uh, Flight Simulator. It, it, it's it's funny you mentioned train just now too because I do have an interest in trains. Is it also Euro Train Simulator? <laughs> <laughs> I like trains. I like planes. I like buses. Mm. This is like I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the what the what the topic is here. I I don't know what these. I don't know why I like these things. But I just in general I like transportation systems. I, I like um, get you, Adam. <laughs> I get you. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. You, uh, okay, we are going on a tangent here, but like, uh, do you know a YouTube channel called Mustard? Oh, yeah, Mustard. Oh my God. They do this amazing, amazing uh, like 3D, 3D renderings. Yeah, like, I talk about all these f-ing planes and stuff. Oh my God, yeah. I love Mustard. Yeah. I know, I guess real engineering as well, but whenever real engineering get to the actual math of it, I'm like, yeah, no, I don't, <laughs> I'm too monkey yeah. brain to appreciate this. man. <laughs> Give me the TLDR. But yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, yeah, sorry to interrupt you, but yes, yes. No, no, but uh, well, uh, I want to know as well. But why do you enjoy mustard? I okay. I have wait a, a minute. You you haven't answered my question, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you answer. <laughs> you answer Morgan's question, then I'll answer yours, madam. Uh, okay. Um, I. So when you talk about flight simulator, I sort of relate it to racing simulation games. Yeah, there is no content. So for example, F one. Yeah, for example, I don't necessarily play the F one game, but. If I were to play the F1 game, I would play the career mode where I'm actually sort of building a career. I don't think I would necessarily enjoy just playing normal races. Um, I would want there to be a bit more substance to it. Mm. Therefore, if Flight Simulator had some sort of pilot mode where you start off at a smaller airline and you had to make, you had to del- quote unquote deliver passengers here and there, um, maybe I might enjoy it a bit more. But yeah, or maybe if I'm going to a phase in life where I don't want to do any content creation, I just want to consume a video game, then yeah, I could see myself playing a Flight Simulator. But have you tried Flight Simulator? I have not actually tried Flight Simulator. Hey, come on, man. Come on. Well, to be fair, in, in, in Adam's defense, he has tried War Thunder. <laughs> it's different. Ooh. It's different. What, 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 what's War Thunder? It's like a... Oh, okay. Uh, you, are, you, you don't even know War Thunder. It's, like, it's different. <laughs> it's different. <laughs> What? No, it, it, no. Okay, sorry, sorry. It sounds uh, like it. It sounds like uh, a war. Don't judge like a book by its cover, Morgan. Like a, it, it sounds like a warplane simulator or something. I, I was is uh, it? David Hume, man. Do check your biases, Morgan. Check your biases. <laughs> but uh, yes, it is. It is a. <laughs> it's, it, it is a arcadey warplane simulator. MMO, not MMO. MMO. Uh, okay, you know World of Tanks. Oh shit! No, oh, that sort of game, huh? Yeah, yeah, but it's but it's planes. But okay, so there is arcade mode. But there is an actual, uh, uh, what's it called, simulation mode, realistic mode, where you have to actually control the rudders, the ailerons manually. And it's, it's, uh, it's not fly-by-wire, everything is manual, everything is hydraulic. So yeah, <laughs> it's very difficult. I see, I see. All right. Because uh, the way I see Microsoft uh, Flight Simulator is that they try to be as realistic as possible. So you can actually fly like actual production planes in the game 
and even helicopters and stuff like that. That's why when you talk about warplanes, I was like, uh, well, uh, is it like, I don't know, a Spitfire mm. uh, exec uh, um, uh, simulator? Mm. Oh, okay. No, 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 not a Spitfire exec simulator. It's, uh, it's, you're fighting against, it's like, imagine COD but planes, I guess. <laughs> it's a good way of uh, putting it. I Call of Duty but, but planes. But uh, like I say, there is a realistic, uh, and me and Adam, we used to play uh, War Thunder co- together in our, uh, back in uni, right, Adam? Uh, so yeah. In it, you it got me to try War Thunder and I played about two weeks of War Thunder, I think. No, but it was really fun. Yeah, yeah no, uh, I think longer than that. It feels... Anyways, but yeah, yeah, we, we played together for a bit, yeah. But I think, you know, when you're playing your video games with friends, it's always fun. Correct, correct, it's always fun. But yeah, like uh, so, but, so, so, like flight simulator is not your cup of tea, huh? Uh, Adam, I just, just, uh, I just haven't tried actually. No, I haven't tried. So I'm, I'm not like Morgan. I'm not gonna assume <laughs> biases. But, hey, but 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 uh, <laughs> but uh, between just you and me, Jason, right? It's a sort of game that he should be into, right? Uh, it depends because uh, okay, he should uh, by 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 virtue of the fact he's uh, into you know uh, Euro Truck Simulator and he was he's fine. Uh, Driving from Germany to I don't know UK in in the game time, I was like, what? But yeah, so uh, I think he should be fine with with a, a flight. Uh, this Microsoft Flight Simulator, but uh, yeah, but I I think the bigger hook for Adam is this whole uh creation thing that even I I have the same taste in games uh with with Adam in this particular respect. So yeah. Yeah, you, you're probably even more crazy than me, right? Because I yeah. know you play Factorio, and I know from CGP Grey that Factorio is a game that I would really you would get enjoy you would get addicted, and and I'm yeah uh, okay. Put it this way, I bought the game um, three weeks ago. I've already spent close to a hundred hours to it. At, Jesus. Uh, oh, more almost as as much hours as I have on Civilization Six, which I've owned for like wow. four hours, uh, four four years now, four or five years. You know, so wow, yeah. Uh, I spent last night. Uh, I I got back home at nine after uh, dining out, and I spent from nine to like one a.m. just optimizing the the resource flow of my base. So, yes, I'm very addicted to these kinds of game. And you can look at my Steam library. I have uh, you know, I have. All games pertaining to Sim City slash uh, Civilization, you know, endless space, uh, even colony, survival. Terraria. Mars, uh, Terraria. Terraria has nothing to do with that. Terraria is, is more <laughs> Minecrafty, you know. It's, it's different. It's different. Uh, but no, Minecraft also has content creation, yeah, because you're gathering resources, you're building, uh, you're building stuff. Correct. Uh, but it's um, how do I put it? It's uh, you can you can definitely uh, what, but that's not the main uh, gameplay loop of it but games like Factorio mm. the whole l- gameplay loop the feedback loop of Factorio is automation you know it's all about automation it's all about building but in uh, Minecraft you could get by uh, the game without really automating much automating at all you can just craft things instantaneously you know um, yeah you, it's, it's more ex- exploratory than it is building I guess. Uh, mm. and, and, and by building, you know, I, I don't really care about building a uh, the Statue of Liberty, you know, exact replica of Statue mm. of Liberty in Minecraft. That, that doesn't excite me. That's just, uh, to me, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's impressive, but it's a waste of time. It's like, okay, so what? You know, uh, but 
um, to me, discovering the game, uh, finding out, oh, you can do that, you know, like, uh, these things make me interested in the game. And Factorio has a lot of that. So, Adam, uh, you know, to answer your question earlier about, about mustard, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, I have a fascination with, uh, since, since I was a child, I have a fascination with warplanes. Uh, Spitfire, that was, that was the, 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 the plane that got me uh, into warplanes because I remember looking at the, at, at the Spitfire. Uh, I think it was, a, I can't remember which, which variation, but, you know, uh, the Supermarine Spitfire, and I was like, yes. This is beautiful. Even as a child, I remember like, this is beautiful. And I have been into planes since then. So yeah, especially the evolution of planes. Uh, how it evolved from, you know, a biplane. And then, you know, uh, because of material sciences back then was, uh, wasn't strong enough, you know. Uh, so they, they couldn't go with a mono, uh, mono wing design. Uh, then eventually when it reached to like, you know, the 20s, 30s, then that's when, you know, the planes that we know of start to take shape, right? Just a single wing. Uh, right. Instead of double wings, and and as uh, engine technology got better, you know, so did the uh, placement of, of the engines, and eventually jet took over, etc., etc. You know, and yeah, these these things, I'm I'm a sucker for these things, and mustard does that very very well. History with with engineering, yes, please. I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. Mustard is very good at delivering this sort of content. And the and the three D rendering is amazing. insane, dude. Three D rendering is yeah. insane. Well, now, now uh, yeah, it's now, truly now, one of a kind. Yeah. Now I can see why you guys are best friends. <laughs> <laughs> obsessed with friends. Uh, 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 obsessed with planes. Obsessed with planes. Obsessed it's actually planes. funny because I sort of didn't know that you were so into planes, uh, Jason. Probably, um, probably not as uh, I would say not as academic as you are. Mine is like. I look at planes like this is a very beautiful plane, you know. And then I look, uh, Concorde is is a ma- marvel of engineering, but it looks ugly as f- <laughs> it looks so bad. Like the nose is like, hmm, tabule jalan lah, bro. <laughs> uh, at least that's my personal opinion. So like, I have a very um, uh, romantic uh, worldview of planes and uh, well engineered things. Uh, it's not, it doesn't just stop with transportation. I'm. You can ask my partner. You know. You can ask anybody. I'm fixated with stationaries as well. I have like I think eight or ten mechanical pencils that I mm. bought from Japan. You know because um there is a one that rotates the lead. Uh, every time you lift off and put the pencil back on, because you know when you write, you don't write in a continuous stream for the most part. You pick it up and then you put it back off. And every time you pick it up and put it back down. Uh, the lead rotates so that it uh, the, the the lead doesn't wear out on only on one side. It wears out evenly on all sides. Mm. So that is a marvel of engineering. I was like, whoa, this is insane, you know. Uh, and the mechanism is stupidly simple. It's like it's crazy. Uh, ballpoint. Uh, sorry, fountain pens as well. I I I love the uh, mechanism of, of it, you know. Uh, so yeah, I'm oh, yeah. the the. The Japanese uh, mechanical pencil, right? Mm-hmm. Do you ever use it, or it's uh, yes, yes, yes. safely stored in uh, I, somewhere? I'm not a. I'm in, uh, in minted condition. Uh, no, 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 no. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I do use them. I do use them. I, I'm not like a. Uh, I would say collector. Sweaty. I'm not like a collector. Yes, I, I actually use them. Yes. I, All right. I use them cool. because to me, uh, well-engineered items are meant to be used. Why, why you never shown us when we're at your place? <laughs> if, uh, if this would, this would blew my mind, man. Uh, I don't know actually. I always show the pencils whenever I 
uh, whenever I play D and D because it's part of my stationary kit, and you know D and D, Dungeons and Dragons, it's like oh, okay. So I was, I was like, oh yeah, this pencil I got in Japan, blah blah. But also, if it's a new group of friends, I'm not just gonna bust it out. I'm like, hey, by the way, look at my cool mechanical pencil in Japan. Huh? It's, like, it's like lame, lah. You know, <laughs> not everybody appreciates I, I, it. Yeah, I, I guess Morgan, you've probably seen it, but just Jason probably just didn't. There was no need to point out that this was like a cool pen or pencil. Yeah. Well, uh, he, he keeps pointing out his fishing rod. Fishing rod. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what you guys drew up. I don't know what you guys do when you meet up. But uh, yeah, sure. no, it's a Nintendo <laughs> Switch uh, fishing rod. Like I was, I was uh, telling them like. Dude, you can fish with this, man. On, on the Nintendo Switch is so cool. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Bring that aside. Jason keeps on talking about his fishing rod. Yeah, <laughs> man. <laughs> this this kid can take on so much weight. It can reel in the big fishes, you know? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, probably have to censor the entire thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, we, 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 we were in a huge tangent. tangent. But yeah. Um, tangent. Yeah. Uh, before okay. we move on, right? I have a question for Jason. Mm. So, mm. do you play Flight Simulator? <laughs> I, I did, and uh, even as a good question, child. Okay, I, I, I played. I, I wouldn't say a lot of Flight Simulator, but as a child, you know. Uh, I mean, you, you, you know, right? Mal- Mal- uh, in Malaysia, we have lots of pirated products, and I would, you know, yeah. I'll look at cool, uh, plain. Photos on in like you know uh well I was in Penang lah so you know it's in uh where was it Komta right it's in like Komta so um I would look at all these cool graphics of planes and I'll just buy the game and install it on my PC and I played quite a lot of uh flight simulators nothing too serious uh I I I, I didn't get serious into it because I was a child but yes I played uh flight simulators yes not the latest Microsoft flight simulator because that is expensive but yeah bro well, I I think Komta still selling pirated CDs right. Well, uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> mm, I uh, cannot comment. No lah, I, I, uh, they, they have moved the operations mostly to bring in more the mall next to Komta. The, uh, they call it the hipper Komta, but it's just as janky as uh, Komta is. Um, it's basically imagine you know Sungai Wang, right? You guys know Sungai Wang, Sungai Wang Plaza. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Imagine Sungai Wang, but more rundown. Yeah. That's. That's bringing more. So what isn't that Komtar? <laughs> Bring it, okay. So Komtar is more rundown than bringing more. So so yeah, that that's uh, if 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 it's a scale, right? You know, uh, if if uh, Sungai Wang is is at, is at a ten, uh, bringing more is a five, and Komtar is a zero. So yeah, that's that's the right. that's the sk- that's the numbers we're dealing with here. So but yeah, I I I have played my Microsoft Flight Simulator, not my cup of tea to be perfect i think yeah it's not my cup of tea because uh it's too there is a term for this in video games development um technical yeah there is not there's not there's not enough abstraction from real world uh uh, and then some people love that some people love uh, the one-to-one experience but to me i i i don't want to fuss about too much about it to me what is perfect like the perfect blend of abstraction would probably be like you know well the realistic mode of war thunder or uh you guys played eve online before adam knows i play i play a lot of eve online so yeah um Uh, yeah i i know about it but i haven't played before 
yeah, so that's uh, my um, idea of what is right. balanced in terms of uh, mm-hmm. abstraction from reality. So yeah. Did I get you started on Eve, Jason? I remember telling one of my friends, hey, can you start playing Eve for about a week or two and then let me know if it's good, then I'll join. I And I never did. I don't know, maybe, but it's the okay. worst slash best thing, uh, worst slash best thing <laughs> you've done to me. La. So I spent, I'm trying to look at my Steam now. I think I spent like a good 300 hours on Eve. I had a I had a guild that was sorry a corporation that was uh building business and everything we lost like four thousand U S dollars of in in a war before oh, no sorry no no not four thousand not not that much like one thousand U S dollar which is still quite a lot wow mm-hmm. yeah but it sounds like there's a lot of content creation possible in that oh game. I might enjoy it <laughs> yeah three three hundred and thirty hours on Eve online yep uh, yeah you're talking about spreadsheet you're talking about like uh you know Eve has all of that. Eve has very literally all of that. Do you so, um, do okay. you enjoy Eve online, Adam? You played before, right? I no, I've played it. I I I don't know. I I think it was Jason, but I remember telling one of my friends, uh, hey, can you try this out first? And if it's yeah. all good, then let me know, then I'll join you. Um but I never joined them. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to continue on the topic of content creation and content consumption. Um, I think you mentioned career just now, Jason, and this is also fairly relevant to me right now. Um, The idea that in Eurotrack Simulator, I had a problem to solve and I solved the problem and it no longer became engaging for me. I think right now in my career, I'm sort of at a similar phase. where I've been an engineer now for seven years. I think when I do when I do development work nowadays, it's no longer about creating solutions to problems. For me right now, I actually feel like I'm just consuming content. I feel like I'm just consuming an API, consuming this solution, consuming this, consuming that, and just throwing it all together into something. And I no longer find joy out of it because... I'm no longer creating content, you know. This is not activating the content creation part of my brain anymore. This is only activating the content consumption part of my brain. And, you know, when I spend eight hours a day just consuming content, uh, it ruins the balance that I want in my life. And I don't know whether you guys feel this way. I mean, we've all been developing for almost the same amount of time. Do you still find that you are creating, like, solutions to problems? No. Uh, I... I think I'm on the same track as you are. Probably not as far down, but I am on the same track as you are. I no longer find joy in... Uh, take, take for example, when we, when we were first working, right? The first year when you were learning, like, oh, you know, uh, oh, you can do... This is how you, you do a recycler view. You know, this, this is how you do uh, infinite views, etc., etc. This is how you do uh, whatever. Uh, that Those kind of things no longer... I don't, I don't really care about it anymore, to be more precise about it. Um... I s- it's more about the bigger picture, you know, like like uh, how 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 do we solve the bigger picture? The actual implementation details, I don't I don't really care about it anymore. Well, uh, I'm actually the exact opposite of you, Jason. I don't know. Uh, small details like that somehow finds it interesting, and it's always nice to encapsulate and put it in a medium article where you explain about it. It's kind of I don't know uh, rewarding in a sense. Sometimes uh, I wouldn't say recycler view. Or infinite scrolling, it's an example. Sometimes, like, for example, when you're dealing with contact books on your phone, like, it's a very niche thing. You always find stuff like this that uh, you thought you knew, but you didn't. And how I deal with engineering problems, like, when I put in my Medium articles, are the small little little problems that I found. For example, how do you deal with contacts? How do you deal with a custom uh, 
drop down this view and stuff like that. Does that feel like consum consumption in work? I don't think so. No, that, that's, that's actually content creation. The fact that you are writing these medium articles, explaining a topic yeah. to people, that is a content creation part of it. But what about the actual development work itself, Morgan? When I give you a ticket, for example, and I tell you, hey, implement this feature, do you actually feel like you are still writing, you're creating a solution? Do you still feel that way? Uh, I still feel like uh, like every two years, there's like, oh, there's a better way of writing this. Although it's the same thing that I've been working mm -hmm. for the past, uh, like forever. But you always find new things to do. Mm -hmm. Like yep. when you change between companies, okay. you will have different... Exposing with different people, different style of coding, and sometimes hey, yep. that doesn't make sense at all. And some and sometimes like hey, actually that that's mm -hmm. pretty neat, man. Okay, so I I I don't want to make like our careers so like binary, but I do see that this is like kind of two different paths that people generally go mm -hmm. towards um, when they start off as a developer. You can either go like deeper down into the weeds and figure out better ways to do things in terms of the actual code or the actual implementation of a feature. Or you can go the other direction and spend less time coding and instead concentrate a bit more on optimizing like workflows across an organization mm -hmm. and kind of stepping away from code instead. And it seems like we are definitely going on different uh, directions. Correct. I'm I'm more uh, on like what I want Adam mentioned, you know, like uh, optimizing workflow and stuff. So okay, um, like that feeling you get, Morgan, that oh hey, that that that's interesting. I get that feeling when I do stuff like, uh, for example, like my recent uh, shameless plug, but like my 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 recent article on uh linting. That one that 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 interests me because like oh this is very interesting, you know, optimizing problems, uh, optimizing problem solving, that interests me. But like. Uh, probably what Adam uh, is talking about, you know, like, oh, uh, take take the, the example of being given a ticket. Yeah, I, I absolutely do not feel like I'm creating anything. When, I, when I'm uh, writing a new feature or whatever, I absolutely do not feel like I'm creating. I, I feel like I'm just, I'm just a plumber taking, you know, taking pipes and just placing it, uh, replacing pipes. That's, that's about it. Is it because you know? uh, both of you guys are working in the product company, hence you have a lot of legacy code to maintain, hence you have this constraint, I would say? Not necessarily. Uh, I, okay, I, I don't know about your uh, company right now, Adam, but my company, we are... Uh, I, I get this even when we are doing new features, like completely new uh, modules. And mind you, we don't just copy-paste code. We, we try to uh, iterate and uh, you know improve existing architecture mm -hmm. on every single new module. Like, hey, let's let's do this uh, mm -hmm. differently. Let's do that differently. And I still don't feel, uh, you know... Uh, much satisfaction uh, from from it. It's just okay, just a new, a, bet, a slightly better way of doing things. Then what? Exactly the same. I feel exactly the same as Jason. And we also do the same when we work on a new feature. We look at the architecture and we try and see, hey, can we update update this to what we think is like the best way to do this now? Um, but yeah, there's still no enjoyment mm -hmm. out of it. Like, like um, going back to like your track simulator for me, when I found out that export in your track simulator, I was I was no longer engaged. Yeah, I feel like in my career right now, engineering, it's sort of a problem I've solved. And I know that's like a create, I, I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not a super smart engineer that I can do, develop any feature. There's still a lot of things I can't do. I admit that. Still a lot of shit I don't know. I admit that. But concept of just, hey, I need to do a feature and I need you to implement it. I can do that. I've solved that problem. Um, the question of how I solve it so I'm exactly the same as Jason. When we work on a new feature at my current company as well, we look at the code base, we 
we try and decide whether there's a better way to do it, and we will try and update it into um, the most uh, into our most recent understanding of what is the best way to do it. But I still think, um, like when you give me a ticket and you ask me to implement a feature, I think there's no longer there's no longer like a cool problem to solve mm. here. I feel like this is a thing I've done before. I've done it for many many years. And it just doesn't provide me the challenge anymore that I'm looking for. There's no hook anymore, so to speak. Mm-hmm. It's just like, okay, I'm just going to write the code and it's so going to be done, you know? It becomes like house um, chore, if you think about it. Routine. It's almost routine. Yeah, yeah it becomes it's quite a routine. And I know, like you said, Morgan, I can spend a lot of time trying to figure out, ooh, what is the best way to do this? Or like, what is the new technology that people are using to implement this? But I still think I've done that before as well many times. And, you know, technology changes. Uh, frameworks change. We come up with diff- new ideas on how to do things. But it's still the same thing over and over Correct. again. And I think I'm I'm no longer interested in being on that journey of going through that loop of like, ooh, is there a better way to do this? Is there a better way to do this? Um, it no longer interests me because it feels like a problem that I've solved. All right. I completely agree with that. Yeah. It's um, yeah. I I think it's very important to uh, reiterate. It's, it's not as if we are claiming, you know, uh, we n- we know how to uh, solve every single engineering problem there is out there. You know, no. Uh, quite the contrary. Mm. <laughs> it's like there are many things I don't know. Like if you ask me to migrate our DB to r- using Room, you know, the the Room API, uh, I probably wouldn't know how to do it offhand, but. I have enough knowledge and experience that I'm like, okay, you know, uh, you know, usually SQL-based uh, uh, libraries are written in more or less the same kind of way. Like there is very, uh, it, it won't, it won't be so drastically different. So I really know how to find the answers, and I know uh, the mm. pitfalls in, in 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 finding the answers. You know, so it it becomes. Uh, I wouldn't say this is not an exploit, but it is no longer a novel uh, problem to solve. You see, the, it's just grind. It's just the grind. There are two other things that I do that can activate the content creation part of my brain. One is writing. Um, way back in high school, I had a blog that I used to update. Um, and like throughout my childhood, I really updated this blog quite a bit. And uh, I remember, like the funny thing about this blog was that I, w- I would always write it in third person. It's a bit cheesy now when I think about it, but it really was fun to write a blog in third person and um, is the blog still there? I, I enjoy it. No, I deleted it years yeah. ago. <laughs> it's now gone from the internet forever. But you know, I was a small kid in a in a in a in a town that was in the middle of nowhere and I still had a fairly good amount of followers. 60, 70 people I think. Mm. Um and I still I'm still in touch with some of the people uh, that I met through the blogging world. But um yeah I just remember writing blogs in, in high school and that activated a big part of my brain in terms of creating content. Um, and I guess by extension, that's why I, I did previously enjoy writing medium medium articles on uh, tech topics. And I guess right now, I still enjoy writing because you know, I did write a script sort of for this topic. And uh, yeah, I just want to activate that part of my brain again, writing. So uh, speaking of old things, right? Uh, do you guys know that I used to be a YouTuber? What? Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> What? Uh, <laughs> what? I, I, I wouldn't say you're a uh, typical conventional YouTuber. It's more like uh, I post content on YouTube, make small uh, short films, music videos, uh, collaboration with what? friends. Uh, and whenever I go to a trip or something, I will cut it 
uh, to make uh, small videos and posting on YouTube. Ah, I remember you showed me one of your videos, Morgan. Yeah, yeah. So, so just to be clear, when you say YouTuber, you don't mean like you're going around doing vlogs, like, hey, hey yeah. guys, what's up? Yeah. Not that yeah. kind, yeah. It's sort of like uh, making short films with friends in uni and going on trips, especially the one that we went to Gunting to shoot a Slenderman horror-like movie. What? And, what? Uh, yeah, it's all on YouTube. It's still there. <laughs> That's mind-blowing. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm... Uh, just like the last episode, boom. Shouldn't be Roger. Roger, right? tech podcast. Maybe should be the mind blowing. Like what? <laughs> like huh? <laughs> uh, every episode is just. We should have a sound effect for that. Like, but God. I mean, did you enjoy doing that, Morgan? Because I, I would assume that would activate a big part of the content creation part of the brain as well. I do enjoy the process. Like what you said about uh, being a content creator, kind of like energizes you, and in your own mm-hmm. words, uh, <laughs> fatal, right? <laughs> Like Morgan being fatal instead of passionate, like in Adam's words. Uh, your, your, your passion is throbbing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, uh, making short films uh, makes me uh, appreciate uh, films even more, I would say. You're definitely more of a film guy, right, Morgan? Because I think in the last episode, you also mentioned that you one of your Patreon babies is a channel that talks about films. Yeah. Yep. Was it? Accented the uh, cinema. So uh, I know this was pre-show just now. Like uh, Jason actually started uh, a radio, a radio what? A radio club? And back no, in no, uni, I, I did not. I I did not start a radio club. It was already there for many years. I joined a radio club in uh, university. It was an internet radio, which you know is is kind of. Uh, contradictory <laughs> internet radio but uh, but yes yes I, I was a uh, broadcaster in my uni's uh, radio club yeah uh, since uh, you've been in broadcasting for quite a while like uh, do you find things differently like when you're listening to podcasts when people making audio content does it like uh, uh, I don't know like uh, do you feel differently since uh, you are quite familiar yes. with the part of the process and all that yes um, so the main the, the biggest difference is that that was live you know uh, so we, we actually at the peak of our listenings we would usually have about I can't remember the stats anymore I think like 500 to 1000 people at like uh, we call that the uh prime time or hot time whatever uh it's, it's usually 7 8 p.m you know when, when people are, are having their dinner in uni or and we even have um, worldwide listeners uh, from like russia and stuff based on the tracker so wow. I, I don't know why i don't know why but i was not part of the uh, prime time slots uh i was uh, more on the uh late time slots which is like 10, 11 p.m. So that's, those are typically, you know, the... Uh, the one that you can talk about uh, adult stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, or horror. In, in my case, it was horror. You know, horror and a, a little... When it was a horror listening to you or what? <laughs> wow. Wow, bro. Wow. <laughs> uh, uh, internet urban myths, you know, and stuff like that. And uh, that was wow. for one semester. Then after that, it was like... Uh, Sort of like smooth jazz kind of vibes to to it. So yeah, we 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 switch things up every semester. There was a new team and um, things about it. So yeah, the the biggest difference is that it was it was live. So like I mentioned, if you cursed on air like uh, our dear friend Adam here does, you would be fined fifty ringgit. And 
that was a lot of money for a university. It's still a lot of money now, you know. Uh, and and this uh, you know uh, vary from well the F word is definitely out. Uh, you can get by of a shit probably. Uh, so yeah. Uh, so it, I was more on edge, put it that way, because on a podcast we know we can edit, uh, and if it's not good, we just this this episode just doesn't get aired, right? But whatever sit on live radio, uh, yeah, you can't take that back. <laughs> I can think of one other way that I kind of create content on a daily basis, and that is by playing the guitar. I've been playing the guitar on and off since I was 13 years old and I've almost always had a guitar with me throughout my whole life. Sitting in front of the computer with a guitar in my lap is something that is fairly common for me. It's a bit worse now. I can attest to that, yes. <laughs> yeah, and nowadays, now that sometimes when I work from home, yeah, the guitar was there a lot in front of the computer. Over the years, my style of play has evolved. You know? I'm not in a band or anything like that. So I don't play live shows. When I pick up the guitar, I just mostly improvise. Sometimes I have this idea in my head about how like, how to play something. And sometimes it turns out fairly nice. Nowadays, what I do is that when I get a really good like jingle, like a short improvised tune, I'll just keep on playing it for days and days and days, or almost weeks until the novelty fades away and then I move on to something new and then just keep on doing it over and over again. And more recently though, I've also started to record some of the videos of myself playing these jingles just to like immortalize them and to archive them for my own purposes as well so that I can go back and watch them in the future. Do you publish them on uh, SoundCloud or something? Or do you plan to? No. I right now it's just Instagram stories. Instagram story, it's deleted after a day, man. So how are you gonna go back and get back again? Highlights. Yeah. Uh, on my Instagram profile. But yeah, I've got one highlight where I, I put all of my guitar stuff there. Right. And uh, when I was in lockdown in Malaysia in the hotel, I also did two videos where I was playing uh, stuff blindfolded on the guitar. Oh, you brought your guitar along? No, <laughs> no, I did not actually. So that was actually Jason's guitar. Um, Jason was an MVP. In terms of, what's the word I'm looking for here? I was magnanimous, let's put it that way, with my friendship. Although, I did not know at the time how long my guitar would be gone. Uh, yeah, that's a whole different story. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I was using Jason's guitar to record uh, the videos in the hotel. And yeah, this is like another way that I sort of activate my brain every once in a while to... Um, Create content. I'm sure you guys have something similar, we like some other way where you sort of have smaller content creation outlets. Morgan's one is pretty obvious. <laughs> App development, this podcast. <laughs> Thing for mine. So funny enough, the only time I was always say joy, right? But the only spark I ever get from work or whatever anymore is when I share something to people and I teach something to people. That's the only uh, time where I'm like Oh yeah, this is this is all right. Like I, just a few days ago, one of my uh, juniors uh, asked me like, "Hey, I don't really understand what you meant by this." I'm like, "Okay, sure, sure. Let me let, let me show you. You should refactor your code to to this way. You know, um, it, it's cleaner. It's it's much more readable. You are abstracting your code away from this uh, view layer, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. You know, and uh, I showed him some, you know, like, oh, do you know you can do extensions for, you know, instead of just methods, you can do it for values, you know, for, for field variables and stuff like that. And he was like, whoa, no, no, that's a, yeah. So it's, yeah, that's the only time I enjoy being an engineer anymore nowadays. So, yeah. This is funny, Jason, because I feel the exact same way. When I had a team, it was really nice to be able to show team members, like, oh, yeah, this is what I mean. And like, this is why it's better. And I like, just, you know, teaching them things that uh, they don't know. It's also kind of funny because not too long ago, I interviewed 
for this position as a technical trainer for Swift at this company. Well, I didn't actually go through the entire interview process. It was just an introductory call with the recruiter. But the, the reason I was even interested in this role is because it kind of had two overlapping... Like, I had the technical knowledge of iOS and being a Swift developer. And I was thinking if I could combine this with teaching people, I'd be quite happy with that, I think. So I'm even exploring career options where, like, I could kind of to take these two things together and like teach development for a living. There are a lot of parallels between what you are saying. Uh, you know, the whole interviewing to be a technical trainer, you know, for, for other companies and stuff like that. It's because startup actually approached me like half a year ago uh, asking me like, hey, would you like to teach our students uh, that are learning mobile development, you know, uh, computer science and mobile development. So uh, why, why this startup? It sounds like a university, but it is a university in a sense. It, it has a Ministry of Education uh, accreditation, all this kind of stuff, but it, it's very specialized. And the hook of it is that uh, usually they have agreements with companies, you know, like Microsoft, etc., etc., to hire uh, graduates from this program, essentially. In any case, so I was actually really tempted to give it a shot because for the longest time, I've, I've been playing with the idea of what if I went into like education, into teaching instead, not the traditional route, but something like this, you know, something like... Like what our first company did, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, as a, like, like a technical uh, trainer, you know, something like that. Yeah, and, and, there's, and there's another company I was interested in uh, that teaches programming to kids, to, you know, to like adolescents for like, I think seven to like 13. That is, it's a nice feeling I get whenever I, I help or teach people. But uh, who knows, maybe this feeling will fade as well. So, yeah. My hesitations with going down that path is... Salary. <laughs> Thank you for saying it. Probably the pay wouldn't be as much as uh, what you would make as a software engineer. So, yeah. Yep, same. Uh, I know from my interview as well that the pay is lesser than what, what you get than just being a software engineer, and uh, I guess for me as well, I didn't see the I didn't see a, mm. like a career path from there. Like sure, I can be a trainer, senior trainer, principal senior trainer. trainer, and then what? Mega head of training, trainer. and then what? <laughs> then you'll be, <laughs> then you'll have your own Pokemon gym. Yeah, that's <laughs> you'll be elite four. Yeah, you'll be part of the elite four. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, but I mean, there are options here. I mean, it could eventually lead down a path where I have my own trading firm of some sort. Or I, I would just teach people, I would have my own training course to teach people how to do development work, for example. But yeah, I don't know. It's just something I'm playing around with because I do enjoy, I think I have a knack for taking a complicated idea and basically dumbing it down so that other mm. people can understand it. I love getting people from mm. not knowing to knowing, you know. I love bringing them that, like, oh, mm. that's how it works. I love those moments. Mm -hmm. And I love delivering those moments to people. There's a lot of joy in there. All right. Uh, so just now you talk about uh, the issue of salary when you're going into teaching, training students, right? Like, have you considered maybe going solo? Like, uh, maybe designing your own course on Udemy or any teaching websites out there? I haven't, but I know yes, Jason has. Uh, I did. I... I, I don't have a Udemy course or anything, but I, I've explored the idea of uh, creating a Udemy course uh, for Android development. And I have mixed feelings about this. But it's also, mind you, this is coming from, uh, I think all of us have imposter syndrome. One, you know, uh, we are on the spectrum of imposter syndrome, right? So I do have that. And mine is like, there's, if you, if you go to Udemy and you search for Android development courses, there's like a bajillions uh, of uh, courses, you know. It's insane. It's, it's insane how much, uh, you know, uh, courses they are on uh, regarding Android on Udemy, right? right? So the question I ask myself then is, what can I give that it would add value to 
this already abundance of uh, of information and uh, knowledge, right? Why would anybody click on my face and buy my course, even if it was, you know, five US dollar, right? So that was what I thought. There's always an Android development using Compose UI. <laughs> even then, there, there is, okay, so, so so it doesn't matter, right? Like, right. Uh, as like, we're talking about this now, somebody is really writing that course. I've already been beaten to the punch way earlier, right? So that was what I, I, I used to think. Right. What value can I add? Then I actually bought a course. I'm currently doing two courses on Udemy, one for uh, Android development and one for Flutter. So I've not touched the Flutter one yet, but I'm, I'm currently going to the Android development one. It's good, don't get me wrong. The, the course is it's not bad, like, like it's a good refresher. But like I would say a, a good portion of the course, at least where I am now in, in the course, I already know. And I know better ways of, of, uh, of, of doing it. Right, objectively better ways of doing it. And mind you, the course that I bought is quite highly rated. It's not the best selling course, but it has the stuff that I wanted to learn. Even then I said like, huh, this guy has like four or five years of Android development experience. And while his content is quite good, it's quite good, but there are objectively better ways of doing some of the things he did. I guess basically the takeaway is that you'd be surprised at value you can add by yourself. Well, I say that, but I'm... I still don't see a point creating my own course because, again, uh, I don't know what I could possibly provide that is better or different. Optimistic way of looking at it is that, uh, well, it, it will look good in your resume, man. Correct. But you must understand that the time taken, because if you want yeah. it to be good, right, you need to write the content. You need to, you know, create the project itself. You have to actually code out the project. You have to record. You have to edit. All of this requires time, you know. Yeah. Why do that when I can allocate that time to, I don't know, prepping to go to a better company, you know? If, if really, you know, a uh, resume is topic of conversation here, right? Then there are better ways to improve your resume, in my opinion. Hell, writing 10 medium articles would probably be better. All right. Jason, there's a, I hear a bit of a disconnect there because you, were, on one hand, you're saying objectively there are better ways to do something. When you look at a course and you go, yeah, that's not the best way to do it. But then doesn't should that drive you into hey, I want to be the one to define what is the best way to do it. Why do you shy away from that instead? Because, like, like, like I mentioned, it's, it's, okay. it's quite a lot of effort, right? And even Udemy themselves, when, when, you, mm. when you create the uh, instructor account, they tell you upfront, you know, oh, uh, this course is, uh, you, you want to teach Android development. This course is very saturated. They, they have a whole graph showing niche versus profitability sort of uh, thing. And Android development is very, it's oh. not niche at all. And it's very hard to make a profit because mm. uh, you need to be the absolute best of the best to be to, to make any form of profit, mm. right? And uh, mm. they also tell you, you know, usually uh, how long mm. the, uh, does it take to come out of a course? It depends, you know, if it's, uh, I can't remember, I think if it's a 20-hour course, expect to put in like double or triple the uh, time to create the course. 60 hours, yep. right? That is like almost seven, eight full days of continuous work, right? Which doesn't sound that bad in retrospect. But again, that time can be put elsewhere. I, I asked myself that question, like, is this, is this worth it? Or should I do something else? And I'd rather yeah. do something else. Yep, uh, that was actually the last uh, kind of point that I wanted to make. But uh, yeah, in general, what I just wanted to deliver today was, yeah, just the idea that our brains operate in two modes. At least my brain operates in two modes. It's always either content consumption or content creation. Uh, yeah, I think the best way to live your life is to have a good balance of both. And personally, for me right now, I do think I'm doing a lot more consumption than uh, creation. Yeah, I, I do think this applies to everything you do in life. 
I think everything you do in life can be categorized to either consumption or creation. I cannot think of anything that doesn't fall between the two. I think yeah, it's a uniquely human. But yeah, I I I, I do I do agree. Um, one way or the other, we either create or consume. It's just that which on which spectrum are we more inclined to, right? And yeah, on which uh, end do you? If you're, I guess it depends. If you're happy with your life or not, maybe this is something that that could uh, improve your quality of life right now. If you're feeling a bit down, feeling a bit. I don't know, demotivated. Yeah, to anybody who's listening to this. Yeah, let us know what you think. I'd be, I, I would love to know your opinions on this, especially after all the strong opinions uh, in the last episode. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I would value some thoughts on this if you have any. All right. So that concludes our podcast episode. So if you want to follow us on Twitter, follow us on Project Tech Pod, Pod with a P-O-D. And... I'll catch you next time. Bye.